Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answers to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean. And neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. We've completely canned tinfoil, so there's nothing standing between us and the meat of the episode, which is completely terrifying. Uh, well, I, I tried to convince you that you that you had some tinfoil weather, but you shot me down. Don't, um, don't but the, start. The listeners, the listeners know what I'm talking about. The listeners, no one's got in touch yet. I know my truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Yeah, I'm just trying to stall because I've got no idea. So, if we've done our timing right, Hogwarts Legacy will have released today, as the listeners listen to this. Yeah, well. I've got conflicting information. I I thought the release date was the 13th of February, but then from their own website, it says the 10th. Well, wait. Yeah, I guess. So if if it's not out today, it's been out for only a couple of days, which still means that we are really punctual. A lot more common, common, a lot more current than we usually were but this is good this is the sort of change that the that we've been promising exactly be the change you want to see in the world punctual (laughs) reporting not our usual delayed gratification that's true Uh, gratification is that even the right word i don't think anyone has ever been gratified listening to us (laughs) we should both stop stalling so hogwarts legacy what is hogwarts legacy well from the Mouth of the whatever I, for, I forgot the saying halfway through saying it there. You From know the horse's I mean. mouth. That's the one. Oh, this could be a great God. episode, isn't it? Good grief! And I'm not even the one drinking whiskey. Um, anyway, from the horse's mouth, Hogwarts Legacy is an immersive open world action RPG set in the world first introduced in the Harry Potter books. For the first time, experience Hogwarts in the 1800s. Your character is a student who holds the key to an ancient secret that threatens to tear the Wizarding world apart. Now you can take control of the action and be at the centre of your own adventure in the Wizarding World. Your legacy is what you make of it. What a terrible last line there, but... That, that tells me nothing. I, I know, it's well, it's an open-world action RPG, but then which yes, but game so isn't is, anymore? So. I was going to say, so is every video game ever released? Yeah, unless it's an indie game nowadays, I think they're all just yeah, open-world action you RPGs. Get, you get open-world action RPGs, you get uh, survivor, survival crafting... And you get indie platformers. Oh, and roguelikes. Yeah, the problem is now is you get roguelikes with RPG elements and That's survival true. games with RPG elements. So. Yeah, sorry. No, you're absolutely right. Everything is an open world action RPG. So from I've, the trailers, I've, always, I've always struggled with the, the term RPG. I'm going to derail the episode massively here uh, two minutes in. Good. But, but surely all video games have you playing some sort of role. Um, right? You, you're fundamentally playing a role playing. And you're telling me if I play Mario, which is a platform, I'm not playing the role of Mario. Oh, that's a really good and confusing point to derail us with four minutes in. Um, <laughs> Maybe a sizzle for an upcoming episode that I've just thought of. All video spot. games or RPGs. I think there is an obvious distinction. I just can't quite point it out. <laughs> um, anyway, but <laughs> back to the matter at hand. We'll we'll come back to that <laughs> once we never to be run out of steam for this stuff. Um, so Hogwarts Legacy, it's an open world action RPG. Um Ultimately, it's just the Harry Potter game that I think a lot of people have been wanting for some... So is is this just, I make a character and then rock up to Hogwarts on the Hogwarts Express in first year and then play through Hogwarts? Um, no, it is not that. It's okay. nearly that. Um, 
Right. So if it's the 1800s, I might not be on the Hogwarts Express. When we're there's that, but but more more importantly, I think is you don't start in first year actually. Oh, don't you? you I start thought, in fifth year. I thought that you were playing through all seven years. No, that that's originally what I thought, and then I, I very quickly started thinking oh, that's going to be such a long game, right? And ultimately, let's be real, first year's kind of boring probably it's an immersive open world action rpg of course it's going to be long it's going to have hundreds of hours <sighs> of content that no one wants to complete sorry bugbear no uh, there's, there's some people who want to complete it because there's always the um trophy halls out there that's true there are trophy halls um no i guess where am i what am i thinking i think not doing first year is going to lose you something but i I think. Well, you still get sorted because, so as I understand it, how do you get sorted? You t- well, you're a fo- you're foreign, so I think you're not originally from the unit from the UK. Um, you're you're a 15 year old wizard who's come over to the UK. Uh, so you, you join Hogwarts, having already had some sort of magical education. I I think that's quite clever. Because uh, so when you arrive, you still get sorted into your house. You just end up being sorted as a 15 year old as opposed to an 11 year old, which, in many ways, is probably not a bad idea, actually. No, I think that's probably a much more sensible time to sort people into houses that will define them for the rest of their lives. Yes, and in the wizarding world, more so than anywhere else, really. Yeah, I mean, I've not been through the UK school system, but houses are are a thing in some schools, right? Yes and no. So yes, my I was at I was at boarding school in rural Scotland. So before you ask, yes, I did just go to Hogwarts. And you, all right, Filch. You don't really get sorted. Like that's obviously not a thing. But it's much more just these are the people who have rooms near you. Yeah, there's not really traits that go along with it or anything like that. And it's not that big a deal. And certainly, once you leave school, I at least left that behind, and I think most people do. Yeah, I can't imagine it, it, it matters in any real real context. You know, Indeed. as you say, proximity and the people you meet or, or see more often, perhaps. Sure, but, but most of these schools aren't very big either. So, like, I was good yeah. friends with people in other houses. And also, most of the time, houses are single gender. So, everyone in my boarding house was a boy. Everyone in one of the other boarding houses was a girl. Now, there were a couple of schools when I was in sixth form that were trialling mixed houses in sixth form, and they were just generally an absolute disaster. Well, you can imagine, right? I mean, even Hogwarts needs magical defences to make it work. (laughs) Yeah, but can we have a very quick conversation? I have no doubt we might come on to this later about how one-sided those magical defences are. Oh, it's a complete shambles. It's so good. (laughs) Why is it Hermione can stroll into the boys' dormitory and like nothing's happening, but Ron tries to go up the stairs and is instantly like evicted. It's an absolute joke. Justice for Ron Weasley on so I like to think that that's a peculiarity of Gryffindor. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why that would be the case, but it's just the case that for some reason Godric Gryffindor was like, "Yeah, girls, they'll be fine. They won't do anything, but boys, they got to be kept in line." Meanwhile, Ravenclaw's house, everyone's just... It's a bit like Merton College. They don't really care where you are because no one's going to do anything anyway. They're busy studying. 
it's funny. I was thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> I was like, "What house wouldn't care?" Oh, yeah, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hufflepuff, but for opposite reasons. Everyone's just cuddling. <laughs> and Slytherin doesn't have any rules anyway. Um, yeah, but it's 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 an issue with, with Hogwarts as a setting, really, isn't it? The houses that people take. You know, put so much stock by by that. And but I guess part of it makes sense, right? If you're being sorted by a magical hat that can actually determine your character and your aptitude, then it does make sense to put more stock by people's houses True. than it does basically someone literally pulling your name out of a hat, as it was, I think, at my school. True, but I, I think, think that way that we have a spare bed, actually. All right. Um. No, but, but I think the system sort of adversely emphasizes those traits. Um, and, and of course, you get into a situation where Slytherin has got such a bad reputation. And, and you know what? If the hat is that smart, you'd think it'd be able to figure out who's evil and who isn't, ultimately. Yeah, and why don't and, you... You know, just... you're, you're cunning, but you're also a massive douche. Yeah. So you've got, you've got to wonder, you take someone like... <sighs> Well, Draco Malfoy, and this is a bit of sort of Draco revisionist history I'm not particularly fond of, but imagine if Draco had ended up in the Hufflepuff or, or Gryffindor. Like Gryffindor, because ultimately he does behave in a brave fashion in certain circumstances. Ah, but, but that's the real problem with um, Gryffindor House. Everyone's brave at times. Throughout the series, we've, we've seen examples of, of bravery from everyone, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So if that's your defining feature, I don't really, don't really know. I don't, I, I, I don't think the, whole, the houses are particularly coherent. But anyway, well, the idea... I mean, Dumbledore and Hermione Granger, who are you know, two of the most able and actually clever um, wizards and witches... <laughs> it doesn't really work if there's any one of them. But you know what I'm trying to say. They they ended up in Gryffindor, even though that you know, if you take their sort of key characteristics, you would think maybe that was wrong. Anyway, there's a whole episode I think on Hogwarts houses and, and the bullshit. There is, but the, the the idea of so my my concern was that we were going to not get that welcome to Hogwarts. This is your first time walking into the Great Hall moment. So starting as a fifth year, yeah. I was worried that you wouldn't be, they wouldn't be able to convey that your character was experiencing that moment. Obviously you as a player would be, but you'd be a massive disconnect there. So I like that they found a way around that while not, as you say, just dropping you into first year. That's yeah, but it good. does it does sort of open you up to, you know, if this was a student at another magical school, and I can't remember if that is the case or if he was just a muggle for way longer than normal. Because there, there was, I remember the original trailers, that were like, oh, you have to catch up. So... Not I, sure susp- that, I suspect that you're a muggle who discovers they're a wizard late because then they can do they can do tutor- tutorialization as yeah. catch up remedial lessons. That's that would be a way to do that. Yeah, I think that's right. So yeah, I, th- I think you should still get that introduction to to the magical world, right? That's yeah, really which where... is I think so pro- so important. And as we've discussed previously, it's what makes the first few Harry Potter films at least so good. Is that wild yeah. introduction to a, a magical world and the books as well i mean the, the whole first well. book is essentially is, is essentially that storyline isn't it it's like, oh you know <clears throat> yes this exists and it's really cool and also child abuse but 
yeah, there's some nasty themes that run through them, but let's, there's, a, there's a whole series of episodes on the uncomfortable themes running through Harry Potter. Yeah. And I'm sure we can... Some by sure design, can, some maybe less so. Yeah, I'm sure we can cover that at some point. But I think... Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I don't want to speak for you, even though I so often feel I need to. Um, we're, we're quite excited, I think, for Hogwarts Legacy, right? <sighs> I think I am. I think I've not done very much checking it out. So excited with a an element of trepidation, just because video games are all bad at the moment. Almost well, you have the added issue that your time is so exactly because your timekeeping skills are non-existent. That's the biggest issue. That's um, certainly the one thing standing between me and some significant video gaming time is me, as opposed to any factors out with my control. Yes, um, obviously. Um, so, so I guess then it's fair to say that it, it's not so prominent that it's, it's risen to the top of the list of a sort of, I must play this. No, but I'm not sure that I've got anything on that list at the moment. I think well, that's... Well, Fallen Order, I imagine. What, except for Fallen Order, or was it... Uh, well, Jedi something. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Yes, the, the, the Fallen Order sequel, which is on my must-play list, but it's currently, I'm fairly sure, the only game on that list, and it's not out yet. And It's not coming out until something like March or April. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, uh, whereas for me, I, I have been sort of looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy because, I mean, it's, it's like I said before, it's a game that I've just wanted for so long. And um, I, I at least played two-thirds of the Harry Potter games on a variety of consoles. Two-thirds I think is very specific. Well, I mean, yeah, the days of I, PS2 I and stuff. Yeah. I didn't play them all, is my point. I, I fell off around about... I don't remember which it was. Five or six, well, maybe. Yeah. Like the films, they got progressively more just shooting laser beams out of... They did. Sticks. They did, and I had one of them on the Wii which was just completely incoherent because you oh. cast spells by waving the Wii remote around. But that, but that sounds didn't... hilarious because I bet it's really reliable. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, so that, that was exactly the point. You would, you'd be in a duel and you just sort of sit there waving your hand around and spell. You had no idea what was coming out of your wand. Expelicadavra, oh shit. <laughs> which is, to be fair, how, how I would be in an actual wizard duel. Yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe the game was just a really accurate portrayal of how I would <laughs> it was be. A really accurate game. But, but those, are, those games were fun. I mean, I am, Chamber of Secrets I played a lot of. It was really entertaining. Yes, Chamber of Secrets was very good on the PS1. Two, I want to say. Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, the point is, I always enjoyed those games. And I think that with modern computing power and console power... A Hogwarts game done well and one that's not tied to the Harry Potter storyline has a huge amount of potential to yes. be really good. And I think that was a really great um, creative decision by the team who made it, um, setting in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, so, yes. I, I what think do we reckon? Right way, which means that you, you're not tied to, to Harry Potter as such. You, 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 it's a wizarding world. Um, game. I don't think I don't think we'll see any character we well, recognize. Well, 
that's fundamentally untrue, and I can tell you exactly who we will see, if you want to know. Dumbledore? Uh, that, I don't know if that has been confirmed. But the headmaster at the time is um, Phineas and the Jabba's Black. Oh! Worst okay. headmaster of all time, seemingly, so that, that'll be really interesting. Okay, fair, um, no, fair enough. And there is a Professor Weasley. Now, obviously, you know, we don't know that particular Weasley, but the family is there. But Arthur. that kind of makes sense. The Wizarding family's a tiny, so... Yeah, Arthur is great. Great grandfather yeah, or something. something along those lines, yeah. Uh, and I should also mention that Phineas Black is, um, is, is voice acted by Simon Pegg. Which I think is a great choice. <laughs> Just That's so good. That's really good. Okay, okay, so... I wasn't wrong, but I was no, also you weren't, not you weren't, you weren't wrong. No, we, we're, we're not going to see our Dumbledores and McGonagall's, probably. Yeah, that was exactly my point. We're not going to be tied to, oh, and we now need to bring Minerva and McGonagall in. Now we need to bring Dumbledore in, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, you can take everything in an interesting, creative direction, which is, I imagine <laughs> Professor, Professor Binns is still there. Oh, probably, and, and you know, a lot of the ghosts will be, um, but but yeah, they're, they're but minor they're, characters that, that don't really matter. So, so they're, they're not going to hopefully fall into the trap that something like Rings of Power would would, would fall into, where you're, you're dealing with characters that are kind of beloved and important to other storylines and, and arcs. Yes. So, so why are we both so <sighs> tentative about uh, this? The gigantic elephant in the room, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, um, and this is this is such a shame. I think if this game had come out what, five years ago, I think that's there wouldn't be any debate. Right. Um, but of course, since then, there's been a huge controversy regarding J.K. Rowling. The is it? I don't know what, what the best way to characterize it is. Should, should, should we give a factual description with as little judgment as possible yeah, on you, what you, we you, think you, has happened? Yes, you're, you're the lawyer. You can take it away. So, so far as I understand it, J.K. Rowling has given a number of interviews in which she has expressed certain views around the validity of the claims of transgender people to be the gender with which they identify rather than gender of their birth. And essentially, J.K. Rowling has disagreed with that as a valid position to take in her arguments for it I don't propose to go into because that's available for reading on the internet uh, but it has spiraled out of control essentially and when given the opportunity to retract her statements or to clarify her position she has not done so now, I don't believe in this that she's gone so far as someone like Lawrence Fox has who has just turned into a raging psychopath don't believe she's gone that far, but I am happy to be corrected on that. If anyone knows differently, likewise, yes. Um, although I, I think you're right. I think she's certainly not come out and, and you know apologised or contradicted. I think she's she, I, I know for a fact. In. I know for a fact that she hasn't. I believe that she has, re, has retrenched her position, but I'm not certain that she's done yeah. that. I, she may just have not engaged with the topic. What I well, do there's one believe... tweet that I remember where where she she really dug down and, and as with anything that happens on Twitter and and do follow us at zero expertise, but as anything that happens on Twitter, it's usually not done well because you're not afforded the space to have an argument well. 
Um, and it just no. becomes a lot of name calling and, and you know sensationalist. I just tweeting. I just got done writing two thousand seven hundred words on a contentious topic, and I'm worried I've not done enough about it. Twitter gives you two hundred and eighty characters. Yeah. And we should point out that 2,700 for you is already raining in. I I tried very hard to rein it in. Um, (laughs) Well done. We'll hopefully hopefully have an episode on that coming up, but I want to be certain that the dust has settled before we uh, venture into that. Yes, before you are also cancelled and I'll be on my own. I can't wait for that. I'm getting so cancelled. I was genuinely asked, we can talk about it properly when we actually talk about it, but I was asked, are you sure you want to say this? Uh, (laughs) uh, Yes. Anyway. Uh, I've certainly seen some po- some Twitter posts from J.K. Rowling in which she has suggested that she has been attacked personally, sent heinous messages, and vilified by, yeah. as I think she calls them, activists for her beliefs. Yeah. I do not know the truth or otherwise of that, but that is what I, I am led to believe by tweets that she has posted. I am going to extend something of the benefit of the doubt here and say that everything that I have seen her saying, at least until recently, was in relation to safety and welfare of... Yeah, that's my understanding of it as well. Um, essentially abused women. Yeah. Which which is something she's she's been a, a you know... Well, she was herself like a victim for, for some time. Yeah, yeah, she was she was herself a victim of abuse. So one can understand her position somewhat, or at least one can understand her starting point. I should be clear. But this yeah, is where a, a lot of people to debate. I think, particularly in relation to both Cursed Child and the Fantastic Beasts films. What? How should we engage with new Wizarding World and Harry Potter media in general? Now, in the case of the Fantastic Beast films, that's really easy because they're all shit. So the answer yeah, is I know. just it's funny how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> the directors are like, "Well, we can solve this issue. We'll just make them really terrible." Uh, <laughs> even even though they cast some phenomenal actors, the script is just so dead. It's um, quite tragic, really. Yes, but as you say, it, it it's creating issues. And, and the reason I thought this was an interesting topic is because I, I have seen um, tweets and, and articles and, and, and whatnot from people who, who were erstwhile Harry Potter fans, um, who I think ordinarily would have been very excited by the prospect of a Harry Potter game. But in the wake of, of you know the stuff that she has said online, I've said, well, you can't possibly... You, you can't play this game and, and you would deem anyone who does play this game um, that wasn't really English but you know what I'm trying to say I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know any, anyone who plays this game is is, is sort of siding with, with with her side of, of the argument that's being had I think that's possibly the baseline that we're you know coming from here that's that's the concern I think I think the, the the discussion around these topics is so heightened that if one of us were to tweet really enjoying Hogwarts Legacy, that statement will not be taken in isolation. No, I think that's that's certainly my concern. It it, it is, and especially you know coming on top of all that from you know 
cis hetero males. And this was, you know, it's it's not our place to have this argument. No, um, and, and and to be completely clear, I don't propose that we have this argument. But I think not at all. No, I think what what we can do is talk about personally whether or not we feel comfortable playing it, and and sort of sort of see where we go from there. But I think as 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 probably comes across over over the microphones, this is a topic about which we're both very uncomfortable because, as Vib said, neither of us has a great deal of experience in this area. We are both cishet white men. Uh, and you know, I, I have, I, this is the, oh, some of my friends are black excuse. I have a, a very small number of transgender friends, but that number is very small. So I am reliant upon people to take what I say in good faith and to correct me when I misstep but to recognise that any missteps come from a place of ignorance rather than uh, prejudice, I guess. I, d- I don't have any other way of putting it than that. I, I think that's absolutely right, and I've, I've spent time sort of, yeah, figuring out how to, how to voice what you've just said in, in this episode as well, because it just comes from a place of like you know I'm I'm, I'm supportive of the whole movement, um, you know, be who you want to be and, and who you are. But it, it's so hard to just have that without having any sort of horse, you know, in the race. Mm. Oh, man, I'm really messing up idioms today. I'm barely speaking. Yeah, you got that one right. Yeah. Sort of, uh, you know, it didn't, didn't feel right. Um, Stick yourself uh, together. Come on. <laughs> I, know. I think I'm having a hypo here. Uh, <laughs> that's you, isn't it? Um, that's my excuse. Back off. <laughs> it's this really strong tea I've been having. No, it just, it just goes to highlight the sort of depth i find myself at here in this in this topic it's, i'm so far out of it um but yeah it's it's you know i'm supportive but but I, that doesn't really mean anything to anyone because i can say it and that's sort of all i'll do um yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i um, you can you know, say like, I, I, i'm supportive and i'm an ally but what what does that mean yeah if you're also sitting down for, to play Hogwarts Legacy for two hours, exactly, um, exactly. I think I think my my fundamental position is that those two ideas can coexist in a head. For me, I think they can coexist in my head because I think personally, and this is, I'm not saying anyone else should think as I think. This is this is purely me. J.K. Rowling is not the only person who made Hogwarts Legacy. I would venture her agreement, her involvement was to sign on a dotted line to say that they can make it. And that was it. Yeah. And I can't remember really from the trailers that one. I think the, the original ones did sort of flash her name at quite, quite prominently, but I know that um, the fantastic beast films have really got a habit now of making her name as small as possible. (laughs) It's no longer JK Rowling's wizarding world, is it? Or is it, but you, the the graphic is such that it doesn't look like it's hers. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's it's a bit like saying, um, I guess maybe um, the various universes from Games Workshop might be a good analogy. Like someone obviously had the original idea, or, or maybe a group of people. Mm. But since then, it's it's you know Black Library authors like Dan Abnett who are taking that forwards. Um, yes. So, so this this whole concept of oh yeah, but it was originally this person's idea, and therefore we should 
hold the whole franchise accountable because of that one person's beliefs potentially. I'm not sure that's necessarily a healthy view on things. I don't. I think that's right. I also think it's important to recognise. Again, just for me, I think it's important to recognise that when J.K. Rowling wrote and published Harry Potter and the insert title here, she was just some Scottish single mother who was writing books in a cafe. Yeah. That she didn't have this global platform. She wasn't... She may well have had views that people didn't agree with, but people didn't know about them. And she was releasing books that, at least for me, and I think probably for you as well, although obviously I'm speaking for myself, not for you, were played a huge part in my childhood. Yes. And it's very, it's very, very difficult to now turn around and say, well, those books that I read during my formative years over and over and over and over again, I now need to engage with in a completely different way because I, I kind of can't. It, it it's 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 difficult, isn't it? And uh, you know, maybe at one point we need to have a discussion about the likes of Lovecraft and you know. I think Lovecraft is a phenomenal example here. Actually, I think that's really really good because very few people know about how reprehensible a human being H.P. Lovecraft mm. was, or Walt Disney, or Walt and, Disney. And it's that in, in Walt Disney's case, it's really bloody obvious from the, <laughs> the works as well. Um, <laughs> True. So, to be fair, it's yeah. also very fair from Lovecraft. What, yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'd, I'd argue maybe in, in Rowling's work, it's, it's not. Um, if you go back and look at JK, some of J.K. Rowling's works with a critical eye, there are some quite nasty things in there, specifically about it's it's sort of some melding of class and race. Yeah, like, there is like that. The, the goblins. Yeah, yeah, are a pretty difficult thing to get over. But yeah, but, I, but then in the same sort of books, you have someone like Hermione who's trying to change that particular status quo, right? So it's yeah, I think it feels think, like it serves a a purpose in the plot. I think you know. I think there is a benefit of doubt that could have previously been extended that is currently hard to extend. Yeah, yeah, but but just but, but because this is, but one this, person. I feel, to, to, to J.K. Rowling's credit, quote-unquote, and again, as, as Sean said earlier, um, if we are out of bounds here, please do let us know. Because, mm. um, you know, we don't, we don't do this to not further ourselves. I, our... I, I, would, I would have no objection to receiving an email that says, you guys are wrong, and here's why. Yes, absolutely. But that, and I here's agree. why, is, is so fundamental to us coming to understand why we're wrong, if we're wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I think to, to her credit, I, I feel no matter how badly she tried to ultimately do these sort of things, she did engage with the discussions about, you know, for example, Dumbledore being um, gay and that sort of thing. And and I feel she's she's always been at the heart of a lot of discourse on uh, modern topics that, that are important things to talk about, um, you know. Feminism. She's an activist for for domestic abuse and, and that sort of thing. And these are all admirable causes. Um, so yes. I, I I don't think she she can just be lightly brushed aside as oh you know she's just another radical crazy necessarily. That's, that's true. 
That's true. Does I that mean just... she's right about some things she said? No, of course not. And but as we've said before, I don't think we're the people to judge. But you know, this is an ongoing thing, ultimately. I think it's important as well. You're, everything that you say is right. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you've just said. It is entirely possible for a person to hold a single awful view and otherwise be a progressive person. Yeah. I, I have known, I'm going to slightly exaggerate here, I've known, I used to work with someone who was a huge gay rights advocate, a huge women's rights advocate in the workplace, and also just racist. Yeah. Like, they were just racist. Yeah. It was it was as simple as that. There was no two ways about it. They were just a, ra- they were just a racist man. But that was the sort of only thing, quote unquote, wrong with them. And yeah, it's just unfortunately the, that's quite a big, <laughs> a big it, thing. It's, it's a big thing, but the the fact of their racism doesn't cancel out the good work they did in promoting sort of women's rights and and, and gay rights in the workplace. But nor do those outweigh the the fact that they were a massive racist. Those two ideal again, as something I said earlier, those two ideas can coexist in a person's head. Yeah. And a, a person is is the sum of who they are. They're not exclusively one thing. Yeah, but I, I think that's really important in terms of the issue we're trying to discuss here. Like, can I we sound enjoy like Stannis Baratheon. Sorry, I've just real <laughs> I've just basically quoted Stannis Baratheon. Have you? Well he says uh, a good act does not wash out the bad nor a bad act the good. A, a, a man is the sum oh, of his yeah. parts. Which ugh. That's actually phenomenal. I'm writing that down. Sean is Stannis. I think I might have to give you that one because I also spend quite a lot of time on the internet calling Stannis Stannis Baratheon an incel. Yeah. Oh yeah, equals incel. There you go. That's a a three-way. I might have to. I might have to own that one. Anyway, I think. Um, Yeah. No. I I think. I think the point is yes. If if we balance that, you know that that she is. She's ultimately a person who has opinions, some of which may be wrong, some of which may be right. Um, it, it's I, I I feel that that is separate to the creative work that has arisen as a result of her pen, especially now, as we've said before. Like this is so far past Harry Potter the books. Yeah, it's a universe that other creators and video game makers and, and producers and a whole team of. Um, you know, visual effects people and, and who knows what else. I mean, I'm sure it's it's a credit list that's miles long. You know, for them, it's I'm sure it's a labor of love. Um, that, and I'm sure they don't go into work thinking about these issues we've just talked about every single day in terms of, oh, you know, JK is such a bad person or, oh, or I don't really agree with it or whatever. They're just making a great game, hopefully. It's also entirely possible that they do go into work thinking about this every day and, yeah, they, wrestle, true, and yeah. they wrestle with it yeah. every day. And they're struggling to reconcile the fact that this is their labor of love. This is their magnum opus. But the the label on it is one that they find distasteful. And almost, it's a slightly unhelpful conclusion to come to, but maybe it's just for everyone to make up their own mind, what they're comfortable with. As as is the case for so many things, right? And and it's also okay, I think, to make up your mind that you're not okay with other people playing it. I think. I, but, I think so. I think. But so. I think that you have to recognise that people might disagree with you. 
and I'm 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 straying towards territory I don't really want to get into because no. because as as you said it's not for us to judge it's not for us to determine no but I think what I will say is that open discourse is absolutely crucial to making society work yes right so so if if you do have a particular view on something just discuss it you know have have the verbal argument in a nice and civilized manner and then if if there is a genuine conclusion or a correct answer which i think is quite rare then hopefully people can agree on that i think and that's... If, if you disagree on certain things you can do that in a in a polite manner and in one that that you know doesn't paint either side as a bigot or a racist or a, a transphobe or, or whatever I, there, there are ways of doing these things that that you know highlights the fact that some of these discussions are a bit gray there's and, nothing wrong with that <laughs> and and yeah I, yes completely 100 percent. it is entirely possible to be friends with someone that you don't agree with on everything if not it'd be very hard to find friends wouldn't it yeah not not only that it's 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 healthy see <laughs> goes without saying you and i don't agree with that on everything but we also there are a couple of fairly major things that we don't agree on sort of like philosophically and we frequently have debates on them sometimes on this podcast but we're still <laughs> sometimes quite recent sometimes uh... quite, i'm not going to say friends i mean we're acquaintances we put up with each other <laughs> But but no, so joking aside, we're both richer and more rounded. Well, not richer. This podcast makes us poorer, but we're both sort of better rounded people as a result of those conversations. If you surround yourself in an echo chamber where everyone just agrees with you That's and no right, one yeah. ever has any debate, That's no right. one ever disagrees, you don't learn. Learning is you learn through meeting people and talking to people that you don't agree with. You learn through debate. You learn through. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a scientist, so for me, it, it often comes back to, you know, if I do an experiment and find X findings and then a colleague or sometimes a rival, quote unquote, finds Y findings and they're not, you know, they don't gel well with each other. You know, we don't go online and call each other names. People do do that, but that's... Yeah, and that's really funny when scientists do that. Cause... You know, it's, it is, isn't it? it's, it's just kind of sad. But, you, you know, you, you're trying to get towards what some people might call a truth um mm. th- through through this it's an iterative process you know we're trying to find what is right and what is wrong um and that that applies to science it applies i'm sure to law it applies to the sort of topics that we're discussing about you know discussing now so there's a way to do it that i think we can make a stand on um but do we know what the answers are and stuff like that no um hence tell us if you do think there is an answer yeah but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna set a small piece of homework here. Before you write in to tell us that we're wrong, and I, I welcome anyone writing in to tell us that we're wrong, sit for five minutes and try and make a case for why we're right. I don't tell don't tell us what it is. Don't don't write it down. Don't do anything like that. But just sit for five minutes and try and make our case before you make yours. Because that is actually the best way to grow an argument is to make the case for the other side. It's, yeah. it's how it's how it's how we do advocacy as lawyers. You don't you don't really finesse your argument until you understand the other side's. The best way to understand the other side's argument is to make it. Yeah. 
just, it's it also just the is. fundamental premise behind doing empirical science. You, you you come up with a hypothesis and you try to disprove that hypothesis, right? Yes, yes. You have to see the other side. You have to see the things that you're you're not expecting as well. Um. Anyway, so I think yeah, off sure, the back sure. of that massive ramble, which I'm sure we've not, not actually said anything. <laughs> we have not uh, in any way before move the needle, but other than that, uh, other than that, can we? I'm talking about you, you and me now. Can we enjoy Hogwarts Legacy? I, I think the answer to that is if it's a good game, yes. I think that's right. If it's not I a think, good game, then probably not. No. <laughs> I, I think I think that's going to be exactly be my test. It's not what do people on the internet tell me I should think about it, other than genuine reviews from people that I trust. But much more just does it look like the sort of game I would want to play? And if I am playing it. I might take slightly more critical view on dialogue, quests, what have you. And That'll just, be interesting, just won't it? Yeah. Check that there's nothing in there that I don't agree with in a way that I wouldn't necessarily for for other games. But yeah, I think I think if it's a good game, I'll I'll, I'll enjoy it. Yeah, there's some real low hanging fruit with with this sort of stuff, uh, you know. The realm of what we're talking about, because I mean, it's, it's a game that will have a character creator, um, and and that, I know people were talking about this for some time and, and whatnot. It's very so good. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out, and I'm mm. sure there'll be you know relationships and that sort of thing. So again, that those are the kind of things where you might think back to this particular item and go, oh yeah, I wonder how much was influenced by you know. The yeah, I think that's. And I, hadn't, I genuinely hadn't considered that, but yes, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's a quest of like, here, go fetch this magical item, you know, that's just sure. a video classic, you know. You've got, you've <laughs> I, got I don't have to think about, about it much more than that. that. Yeah, but you also. Yeah. Sorry, we, I want to. We want to move on. You also don't have to look that much deeper than that. You don't have to go digging through, like. Well, maybe if you look at this whole thing through this light, then this, then this, then this. Like, video games aren't necessarily subtle art, and I very much doubt that Hogwarts Legacy is going to be that subtle. Yeah, well, you see a lot of that with with all kinds of media, right? Books, TV shows, films, video games. People want to overanalyze. And and like with everything, right, that's that's groundbreaking, there has to be an element of hyperpolarization. I feel I've said that on on, on our show before um, to eventually get the, the sort of the new norm and, and I like to think that we're always progressing in the right way although mm-hmm. you look at some countries in the world that may or may not be true but yeah just enjoy it for what it ultimately is right it's when you've had a long week of work and you're tired and you just want to unwind by playing a wizard or a witch or whatever you know casting some spells what what more do you want ultimately it's, it's escapism yes I, I completely agree so, so having we... said that, so we can actually finally move away from this, <laughs> because I feel we're going to get stuck otherwise. Let's leave this behind us now. What, 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 what would you like from this game? <sighs> That's a really good question. Do you, you know what I don't want? I don't want a crafting system. Well, you are going to be disappointed. I know. I know. <laughs> no, that's not true. I mean, that's it's an open true. world. It's an immersive open world action RPG. Of course, there's a crafting system. That, and, that's, <laughs> and that's exactly why I said I didn't want one. I don't mind a crafting system like in, say, Valheim or 
or well, exactly subnaut- sort of integral to the game. Subnautic one, so, yeah, maybe they're a bad example. Maybe Witcher Three is a better example, although I don't actually like Witcher Three. I think it's a bad game, but whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Uh, we're coming back to that. Whoa. It's a Hello, hot take. Sizzle. It's a hot take. Witcher Three is a bad, overrated game, but at least in that the crafting system is baked into the core gameplay loop of, loop of the game ish like yeah 60 70 percent of it is uh, and it's things the like you know, oils crafting. and stuff right oils, it, oils and potions yeah yeah, yeah. It, they're situational they're not long-lived um i think valheim and subnautica are terrible examples because they're all they are creative games where you build crazy There's, structures there, there are other game open world rpg games where the the crafting mechanic is baked into the core gameplay loop. And I don't mind that being the case yeah. for Hogwarts Legacy. So say it is possible to specialize as a potioneer, right? Yeah, and, I and, think and that's then right. That, that drives you off down a crafting game. Yeah, potioneer or, or, you know, if you're a herbologist, because I, I think these are, when, when we talk crafting, I think that's the kind of things I've seen. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't want to be gathering you know, 50 strands of tapestry so that I can change the drift on my broom or some shit like that. Sorry, I'm... Yeah. Equally, if if they put that in, but it's purely you know, cosmetic or whatever, I'm okay with it because no, that's just a mechanic that I can ignore. <laughs> fucking sparkles all over my screen and I'll hate it. Yeah, but if it's something where, as you described, like, oh, you have to go and collect these 50 strands, otherwise you can't progress or you can't do this mission or, you know, you won't look jazzy while you do it. Uh, and that's really important for reasons. Yeah. That's bad. I agree with you there. I, I don't want that. If you're, going to put, if you're going to put crafting in an open world RPG, the crafting has to both not get in the way of playing the game and separately be core to the game. Yeah. I think I think that's my point. And I'm I'm worried I get worried when I see immersive open world action RPG. It's not being made by Ubisoft, is it? Uh no. Okay. Good. Because uh, because they're the worst culprits. I imagine it's yeah, Wizarding World I think probably has some sort of digital division. Warner Brothers, It'll I be guess. Warner Brothers, isn't it? And maybe port key games. That feels like the sort of Wizarding World gaming division. Yeah, that sounds. Well, Warner Brothers made Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor, didn't they? Very good games. Very good games. Although sometimes <laughs> with features that are a little bit. I tell you, I tell you what. If it plays like Shadow of War, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you should say that. So, so something that worries me from what I've seen is that it, yeah, it falls into a very common RPG trap, which is numbers flying out of heads. I don't know if numbers actually fly out of heads, but it's the same, it's that principle, right? Mm-hmm. Where you shoot a stunning spell at someone and it just does like an amount of damage. So 17 blue damage. Yeah, and I'm like, hang on, it's a stunning spell and that's not, well, from what I can tell, it's not a giant or a dragon, it's just a dude. <laughs> um, why are they not down? That sort of thing I would hate. Um, if the combat's still enjoyable, I can probably live with it. But yeah, that remains to be seen. 
yeah i'm trying to think how you could get around that in a video game without fundamentally ignoring game balance and the answer might well, be that you fundamentally ignore game balance what i'm yeah that that is the answer i feel we have or, discussed doing something like that before or how's this for an idea what you do is you introduce a mechanic called balance or poise and what you're looking to do is reduce someone's balance to zero such that your next spell gets through their defenses. You, as in, yeah, how a proper duel would work. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So you're trying to knock them off balance, or you can do spells that... But maybe that's sort of the implied thing here, is that the reason you're only doing certain damage is because there's an element of blocking going on or what. Yeah, but I think you almost need to make that something that you actively engage with. Yeah, I agree. And that's how you get around it. I quite like this mechanic. I might try and write it down. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why, just just for interest. But you um, could have things where you could have, like, say, a, I don't know, a jelly legs, jinx, right? And it might be that actually that's really difficult to block. So you don't bother blocking it and you let it through. And then you cast something at your opponent that massively lowers their poise such that they're going to struggle to get a spell back to you. And you actually dispel the jelly legs rather than. Like casting another spell. This is something that that I've, I've thought about previously. Is that you know, Finite Incantatum is arguably one of the most powerful spells ever, right? Because there's nothing to suggest that it can't stop any kind of magic. I've not seen it. No. So I want. I want you know, to could, be could able. You, could you block the killing curse by just? Casting Finita, that would be really funny. No, you couldn't. Um, Don't be stupid. Um, yeah, but you, yeah, but you've got the wrong end of the stick on on the unforgivable curses anyway. True. I want to be able to do the Dumbledore Voldemort duel from Order of the Phoenix. Oh, it's so hard to do that in a game, though. I know. I don't care. You're the one making a Harry Potter game. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. I want to be able to do a creative duel. Yeah, okay, if it's multiplayer, yes, I think you should be able to, to code that in. But if it's against an AI, that's difficult. Yeah, because an AI is never going to be able to. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm going to block and then shoot something at you. Um, what um, what I'm concerned about, and I've mentioned unforgivable curses, and I think we can talk about them a little bit. Um, what I'm concerned about is that, you know, say that your most potent defense against the dark arts spell is stupefy, right? Because that yeah. seems to be the, the case in the books anyway. Uh, and Stupefy does, let's say, 50 damage. And you have to throw three of them or something at, at an opponent. Okay, gameplay mechanic, fair enough. That's what they yeah. went for, that's what they went for. Now you have the Killing Curse, famously unblockable, although that's wrong. Um, <laughs> famously a one-hit kill unless you're Harry Potter. Um, yeah. So if you're in a fight, you're like, well, why, why would I bother stupefying everyone when I can just because you'll go to jail one. forever. You'll go to jail, but, but from purely, purely from a gameplay mechanic here, right? If they introduce the killing curse, and I know for a fact they have, it's in the game. <laughs> I hate that, but go um, on. That's the thing, right? If if it if it drives people to using it because it's just that much easier to win a fight, that's bad. Is it? I think so. Well, I don't because because you can also be a Dumbledore and not use the Killing Curse and still win all your fights effortlessly. So no, 
I don't think I agree with you from a whole raft of angles. Gameplay perspective, you've got to put a cost on the killing curse. I don't know what that cost would be. Maybe it's, I don't know if there's going to be mana or anything like that. There better not be, but you know, the killing curse could be. I think, yeah, it's got like a a long recharge time. I don't know how they're going to explain that, but it does. (laughs) It's entirely possible. So if I was balancing it from a mana perspective, it would do, the maximum mana would be 100. The killing curse would require 200 mana. So your mana bar has to recharge twice in order for you to be able to cast any other spell. Right, so one on one, sure, game up, duels over. Two on one, you're fucked. One potential way of balance. Nice with that is, I don't think that works from a law perspective because there's nothing to suggest that that is the case. No, because except you're a child, and all of these law issues are fixed by you're a child, and it's a difficult spell, and it takes a lot out of you. But that's by the by. Yeah, yeah, but you're a child just doesn't work in the wizarding world anymore. No, it does. Barty Crouch Jr. tells us that the killing curse requires a huge. Yeah, because they've never practiced it before. But you, you've seen you've seen Harry Potter go from not knowing how to do a stunning spell to casting like the most ridiculously powerful stunning spells in the space of a year when he's fourteen years old. Yeah, but we don't have any way of benchmarking what the power requirements are. There's, there's a distinction between practice and power. Perhaps, and I think with the unforgivable curses, the key thing is you really need to mean them. And I think when you're fourteen. Your average person, maybe it's, you're even not when possible. you're 35, your average person doesn't really know what it means to really want to kill someone. I mean, it's that, it's or really want to hurt someone. Yeah. I, always, I always think that makes more sense almost. Like, I want to cause pain for the sake of causing pain. The other way you could balance it from a gameplay perspective is if anyone ever sees you casting the killing curse, game over. Reload your save. Ah, see, but that I think is complicated, right? Because if into GTA, you immediately go to five star wanted and the tanks roll in. Yeah, okay, so fine. But then what if you happen to cast Incendio at someone? Or like all these spells that you supposedly learn in defense against the dark arts that are still going to kill you? Four stars. Yeah, maybe. There's, there's there's a way of building. So a... what you want is GTA with a 15 year old main character. No, I don't because I don't <laughs> want to put Avada Kedavra in the game. But if it's going in the game, these are these it are has, ways. It has to be in the game because it's, it's it's a well known spell. I don't think it has to be in the game at all. It has to be in the. Well, it, has, it has to be in the world at least. I'm yeah, not saying so the character necessarily. It has, it has, it, the spell has to exist. I agree. But the game has to give you the choice. No, it doesn't. Of course it does. No, no, it doesn't. That's a fundamentally does. terrible idea. They're, they are the most important curses in no, the whole franchise. Not. No, they're not. Of course they are. Oh, they're, the, they're the easiest in terms of like, oh, this is obviously evil. It depends how you define important. If you want to talk about them as a corruptive influence, then I agree with you. That's yeah. the other, other, other way you do it. You, you, you create a subcategory of magic called dark magic, and you essentially go yes. down the Dresden Files route and I you make dark, dark magic inherently corruptive. And so it's like the more you use it, the easier it becomes, but the harder it becomes to do anything that's not dark magic. And people think react that's right. badly yeah. and stuff like that. I that's think that's right. But, but then what, I, what, I, what I'm hoping for is that they give... That it's yeah I don't know I want I want to see it balanced but I don't really know how I don't, I, I don't want it to be balanced I think the balance exists in the player's head no no I, I mean balance in terms of 
yeah, if you're going to be the quote unquote good person, then, you know, it, I, I don't want the game to feel like it's hamstringing you. I do. Because, because you're doing that. I do. No, I, I don't, because I, I, I think that fundamentally sounds like the wrong message. I don't think being able to cast the killing curse makes your life any easier, ultimately. But, no, but, I, but I, again, I maybe I just don't want a game where the, the vast majority of the gameplay loop is me just blasting creatures. Then don't do that. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if that is the game. If that like, is the game, I think that'd be disappointing. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry. If 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 the if the core gameplay loop is go to Forbidden Forest, kill twenty goblins, return to castle, go to yes. Forbidden Forest, kill twenty goblins, return. Like that's you've made a bad Harry Potter game. But I do want a game. I think where the biggest blocker on using the unforgivable curses is me, the player. If you're going to put them in the game and they're going to be castable by the character then it should be my morality that stops me from using them. And the game shouldn't yeah, yeah, be no, easier I because I use them. The game shouldn't be... No, sorry. The game should be, shouldn't be any easier if I don't use them. Right? I shouldn't get power boosts to my good aligned spells because that's not how being good exactly. works. Exactly. No, it should just be a choice. Yeah, morality choice. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. I feel... My my fear on this, and I've got nothing to base it on, but my fear on this is that you know they're going to dangle it in front of you to tempt you by saying, "Oh, this will make it easier." And if the, and if it generally does make it easier, I'd be disappointed. It makes it, it easier to, to just solve. make a choice. Like, am I going to am I a, a good person or a bad person? <laughs> it makes it easier to solve individual problems. If the problem it, it, it in front also of takes you is, the, I think it takes the focus off of some of the other stuff because then if the game frames it as an important choice, right? Okay, here mm-hmm. you could learn the killing curse and it will make your fights much easier, but you'll be a bad person. Yeah. What what, what I what I what I don't want is that that's the choice, right? Where you're going to be thrown into battles and you have to fight people anyway. I, I'd like to I'd like to see them expand on that by saying, well actually, you know, a really good wizard would probably not want to be in many fights. Okay, I see. I see somehow avoid them, right? Not, you're, you're not saying. just making a decision between, oh, this will make my fight easier, this will make my fight hard. I don't want to be in the fight. Yeah, you want no, 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 no. that. That's fine. I agree. I agree with that. I'm completely on board with that. Uh, but I do want the choice to be: you're going to be in some fights. This spell makes ending them easy. Yeah, and that's Fair the enough. choice. That's that's the complete choice right there. Because I think that's. I think that's how being good works. You don't get rewarded for being good. The reward for being good is that you're a good person. That's it. Yeah, no, no, quite. The, the, the reward for being skillful is something That's else. a different quest. That's, a different that's why question. I really want to see Dumbledore's, you know, Order of the Phoenix spell, where he just somehow immobilizes every single Death Eater and makes sure they can't apparate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is that spell? I want, I want that spell. You know, why doesn't everyone know that spell? <laughs> I know. Makes <laughs> loads. I bet Dumbledore sometimes walks around going like, "Why is no one? Like, why is everyone shooting stunning spells at each other?" Like, guys, I can freeze everyone in a room. What else? All right. What else? We've had our unforgivable curses debate. What else? What do we want from the game? Um, from the game? Really honestly, tragic teen romance. Not necessarily here for that so much, but oh, I think that'd be really well. funny to put in a game. Yeah, yeah, but it's also really quite awkward. <laughs> yeah, when you're a 32 year old, um, that oh no, yeah, no, you've you've just reframed this. Yeah, no, know. I don't want that. 
I, I, I was, I was my thinking... 15-year-old character has got the date of his life. Yeah. Yeah, no, all right. All right. Point <laughs> um, Quidditch, though. I, I would like to see Quidditch. I don't, I don't think it's in, but I'd like to see it. No, I can I can see a lot of reasons. It's such an impossible game to design. I know, but that's what I it want to see. It makes no sense. That was in um, that was in the old school Harry Potter games. Yeah, it? but it wasn't very good. Oh, it was great because of that. You just it's had just to fly like, through rings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the whole game was flying through rings, and if you failed to fly through the rings, it was game over because the game required you to win the game, the Quidditch match. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what else do you want? Uh, I want... Hmm. Robes. Sorry, robes. this is just yeah. random, but I want everyone to be wearing robes. No, I don't want sure. fucking school uniforms. I also want maybe, like, you know, the one character from Slytherin doesn't have to be the evil dark ad- the dark arts guy, right? Let it be someone from Hufflepuff, maybe. Or, or, or... not even have anyone like that. I, I want... I want the house stereotypes to work, but to not be so stereotypical. So, good luck with that. <laughs> Horace Slughorn was in Slytherin. Yes, and that's that's I that's the model of Slytherin that I want. I want like someone who's ruthlessly ambitious but fundamentally a good person. Or you can't be ruthlessly ambitious and fundamentally a good person, but like not just a, a raving Death Eater. Just like wildly self-centered and, and and ambitious, yeah, that's fine. I don't need a sixteen-year-old kid to be like, "Do you want to learn Avada Kedavra?" Exactly. the The ambition doesn't always have to be, you know, I want to be the, the ruler of the world. No, because that's not Slughorn's ambition. Slughorn's ambition is to know all the important people and to cultivate relationships, and therefore be the ruler of the world in the background. Hmm. Well, Yes and no. It always takes my art, I suppose. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fuck. Doing so well. I might have have to reevaluate Horace (laughs) Slughorn. Secretly, the evil mastermind behind the whole thing. Um. I also want. I want a robust character builder. Oh, that's critical. That's the only thing you could you could claim distinguishes a genuine RPG anymore. A robust character builder. Yeah. I'm putting it out there. I'm trying the to only it. thing that makes a video game an RPG nowadays is is a character builder. I feel like there are RPGs that don't have character builders. Name one. I can't. <laughs> but I don't think that that makes the statement untrue. It does. This is this is the playground rules. You can't back up your point with an example that you have to that you have like two seconds to think about. An example that I can defend. Um, and you were wrong. Well, and therefore I win today's episode. Well, God thank you for listening, everyone. Is an old man God of War an RPG? It's an action RPG. Isn't it an action RPG? No, it's just an action game. Not a role playing game. Uh, I, I, know, I, I know I started this off by saying every game is a role playing game. No, every game no is a role playing game, game except, except for God of War. <laughs> if it's got a character builder, it's an RPG. If it's not got it, it's just a, it's just a game. Oh, we're going to need to have a debate on genre definitions. I know, because 
it's something dear to your heart, and I just know that you're going to be so wrong about so many things. I'm going to be really wrong about everything, and it's going to be great. <sighs> I can't I'm just I'm rereading the blur of what is Hogwarts Legacy. I don't, I don't know what I want. I want, I want to, I want to feel like I'm in the Harry Potter world. But I don't want to be hit over the head with references to Grindelwald and Slyther- Salazar Slytherin and Godric Gryffindor and all of that. I want it to feel. I want the world to feel real. Yeah, but I think that's why the the, the time setting is, is. I think that you're right that that's why the time setting is what it is. I I don't know. I I want some slightly like banal things like. <sighs> Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how you do it. Like, it's not. I want to have to go to class. I want to have to go to class and have to go to the library to learn some of the stuff that you want to learn. Yeah. Right. I don't want the game to assume that because I I've read Harry Potter and I've watched some of the, the stuff that I know that, uh, you know, stupefy exists as a spell. I think that's right. I think I think I want I think I I want to feel this might be tragically betraying my age. I want to feel like a 15-year-old kid at school. In a way. In a lot of ways, I don't, because that was awful. Yeah, I also didn't learn all that much. I also didn't learn... You know you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. We're just geniuses. That's, that's our issue, fundamentally. True. I want the game to be hard. That's true. I do want the game to be hard. But hard for like realistic reasons, not oh, you know, you know, you're fighting a, a massive dragon because that's difficult. No, I, just, I want the obstacles to some sometimes be just really mundane. It's like, like oh, you have to do this exam and you don't know five of the spells. Oh shit! <laughs> like a high ledge or something. <laughs> exactly. And the, yeah. the box to get up there is really heavy. Stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm just hoping for something. Something immersive, something that isn't just blasting different kinds of things with, uh, you know, spells. And yeah, solid gameplay loop. I think fundamentally, what I'm looking for is a really, really tight, solid gameplay loop that doesn't require me to go out and farm six plant monsters in the Forbidden Forest to progress. Yeah. Like, Go, yeah, I, th- I think go that's... around the castle, talk to people, gather information, learn, progress. Yeah, I think that's right, and I, and I think that that's sort of the point I was trying to make earlier. Like, okay, if it, I, I don't want to have the choice of okay, either you're going to use the killing curse or you're going to use stupefy, because otherwise you're not getting anywhere. That yeah, to me is a yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, no, I want I, I want other ways of problem solving. That makes sense. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I think I'm I think I'm completely on board with that. Is that that I feel in the books is that's sort of what it came down to Dumbledore aside, right? Is that you either were shooting green spells at each other or you're shooting red spells. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly what it is by um Sorry, I've dropped my fidget tool. That's certainly what it is by the end of sort of yeah. Deathly Hallows. And like I, I sort of get it. If, if the you're red a team versus the green. Old... Also, somewhat on the nose, right? Red team, Gryffindor, green team. Yeah, so the red... absolutely. But, and then Expelliarmus, the white spell, because, you know, that's so pure. 
There's, there's some underlying racism for you. Um, <laughs> you thought you thought we got through this without a howler on my end, no sir. Um, oh, I what was no, I, I think it makes sense towards the end, right? If you're a 16 year old boy and someone is shooting killing curses at you, I, I think it's not an unreasonable response to just fire the best the strongest thing you back. can do back. Yeah, but I think you know if you're a McGonagall and a Snape dueling or a Dumbledore and Voldemort, like there's more flair to it, right? Let's be fair. Like kill the other person, but like trap them in a gold statue. Why not? That's cool. Let's be fair. The McGonagall Snape Flitwick and Sprout Sprout duel. No one fires a killing curse. No one fires stupefy. Yeah, it's 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 great. They enchant daggers, which turn to snakes, which turn to smoke, which tries to strangle you. Like that's a really. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. McGonagall tries to kill Snape. She throws like three knives at him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tries to kill him, but she doesn't use a vatican either to do it. Exactly. But I, I sometimes wonder, is that just a legal loophole? Like, yes, you're allowed no, to kill absolutely. someone else as long as you throw the knives with the magic, not well, the, I'll think, just use I the th- killing curse. I think, I think the point there is, if you use a Vada you go to Azkaban. No questions, no, yeah, yeah. no, no defences, no no nothing. If you enchant knives to kill Snape, you probably still end up in front of the Wizengamot. Yes. But you, you get to make your case. I guess that's Unless the difference. Or in the in, in the Order of the Phoenix, then you know, kill whatever you want. It's all good. Well, at that point, it's don't get caught. Well, yeah. right? but that that's kind of the law in the wizarding world, anyways, right? As long that's as you don't get caught, everywhere. you're all good. <laughs> let's be let's be clear. That's the law everywhere. The, the crime scene investigation, I think, leaves something to be desired. Well, yeah, you've got to find the one so you can use priority and exactly. Like, but couldn't anyone have used this one? No. <laughs> No, it's mine. Obviously not. But, but we know that the ones were... Shut up! Go to jail. Go to jail. I uh, want go to jail to be like a valid end game. Right? If you're going to put the unforgivable curses in the game, I want it be, to be possible for your character to lose by going to jail. Yes. Like, if you're going to put them in the game, put consequences in the game. You know what I really don't want? I dread to think is someone like Dumbledore or Hermione showing up, having used a time-turner. Oh. I, just, I feel that that's the sort of shit that they might just do. To be like, oh. oh, look, we managed to get Dumbledore in here anyway. You didn't expect him. <laughs> so, yes. I was Dumbledore, and I've come here from 200 years in the future to tell you. Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, this is the key to your... Uh, to your problems. This is the solution because the only person who can ever solve any problems in the wizarding world is Albus Dumbledore. And I only know this because you've already solved it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I feel Thank I've you sufficiently broken your legacy too for me. I know can't play it. You realize Why? for the for the fear that that might happen. Oh yes, I've ruined it for you. You've preemptively ruined it for me. I'm really quite happy with that, actually. I've got, I think I've got to bring us to a close here, unless there's anything else. That I can't top that, even if I tried. All right. I think all that remains then is to say thank you for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. 
tweet us at zero expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Come back next time for some more absolute nonsense. Thank you.